So we're in the series Proverbs, and today we're going to look at your schedule, uh, which includes all of our schedules. And so I never will forget a story by Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels was a pastor, still is a pastor in Chicago, Illinois. He started at the young age of like 21. He started Willow Creek Church in Chicago. That church is now about 40,000 people, 30,000, 40,000 people, somewhere in there. And so when he was new in ministry, he was young, this high-powered CEO uh, visited his church, uh, could see that God's hand was on him and that he was a type A personality and he was driven and all those other things. So this CEO called the church off and said, could I have lunch with, with, with Bill Hybels? And so Bill scheduled the lunch. They met for lunch. And so at lunch, the, 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 the CEO said, Bill, I, I, I just want to teach you something. I'm old and I'm, I'm about ready to retire. I've successfully run a lot of companies. I've been an entrepreneur. I understand schedules. And so I've learned some things. God has given me some insight out of the book of Proverbs that I want to I share with you. And, and here's what I want to share with you. I want to share with you the power of your schedule, the power of, of your priorities, just the power of your schedule. He said a lot of people, the power of a calendar for them, a lot of people is, look at a calendar as far as these are activities I schedule. And so he says, Bill, what I want you to understand is this is that your schedule, your calendar, is not what you're doing, it's who you're becoming. Because, Bill, you've got to understand that. You've got to understand your calendar is just not a lot of activities. Your calendar is not a lot of things that you do. But your calendar reflects your priorities, it reflects your values. And your calendar is really not what you're doing, not a bunch of activities, but it's who you're becoming as a person. He said, for instance, when you were young and, and, and you're about 15 and you wanted to learn to drive and, and you, wanted to, you wanted to become a legal driver, then what did you have to do? You had to schedule some things, right? You had to get out your calendar and you had to schedule some time to study and you had to stay, schedule some time to go to class. And you had to schedule some time with your mom or dad to practice driving. And you had to schedule a test. And then you became a licensed driver. He said, Bill, it's the same principle all through life. That, that if you wanted a college degree, then you had to make some priorities, and you had to schedule some things. You had to schedule some classes, and you had to schedule some, schedule some study time, and all of that other stuff. Whether you want to learn a trade, uh, uh, whether you want a, a career or whatever, you had to schedule. The same is true with, with a hobby, right? If I want to get better at golf, then I have to schedule some time to practice, right? I mean, there's some things you and I have to do. If you want to get closer to God, then you have to look at your calendar as far as not a bunch of activities, but it's who you're becoming. And if you want to get closer to God, then you have to make some things priority, whether it's a worship service, whether it's, whether it's a quiet time or life journaling with him, whether it's ministry, whether it's any of those other things. And so Bill has written a lot after he has looked back over about 35 years of ministry that that advice, that word that he wrote down on a napkin at that restaurant has served him well. You see, what the CEO was trying to get Bill to understand is, is that your calendar, your schedule is very powerful in your life. You know what the writer of Proverbs says? The writer of Proverbs says your calendar, your schedule is more powerful in your life than most people think. Have you ever ended up at the end of your day and you say, where, where did my day go? Did, did I even accomplish anything today? I mean, really, seriously, where does, where does my time go? And then if you say some of those things, then it may be that your schedule controls you instead of you controlling your schedule. In fact, as the writer of Proverbs says a lot about this issue of our schedule, and he says a lot of our stress in life is because we cannot control the schedule. 
A lot of our stress in life is because all of a sudden we run out of margin in life and we're running life at this at close margins, which causes great difficulty because maybe you've learned this. I've learned this in my life. And listen, let me just tell you something. This message is just so convicting to me because this is one of the areas that I just really struggle in my life. Our elders know that. It's just with this issue of just like balance in life. And, and it's easier for me to hold pastors accountable because we have some strict rules about, about time off and, and, and Sabbath and all those other things. And it's easier for me to hold some people accountable than sometimes it is for me to do myself. And maybe you're the same way. But have you ever noticed that when your schedule gets out of control, all of a sudden everything else in your life begins to get out of control? In other words, your relationships can suffer. Uh, if, if you exercise, uh, your exercise routines can, can, can suffer. Um, your sleep can suffer. Hobbies or recreation, things that once gave you a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. Now, all of a sudden, you're cutting that out of your life because of a schedule. Uh, researchers tell us your job performance can suffer. There's all kinds of stuff about effective in the workplace and, and that when we run low on margins and we get tired, we're not as productive as we once were. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but you, you can get discouraged easier. You can, get, you can get irritable. You can get angry easier because of this issue. And so what the writer of Proverbs is trying to help us understand is this issue about our schedule, that your schedule and my schedule is more powerful and it says more about us than we, we really realize. This morning, I want to just give you three things, three simple things that if you want to get your schedule under control are the way in which that you'd start looking at your schedule as far as who am I becoming instead of what I am, what am I doing? Here's the first one. I need to plan. In other words, I need to, I need to plan and I need to plan with, with like God involved because whenever you invite God into your plans, what scripture says is he blesses it. Whenever you invite God into your time, he blesses it. Whenever you invite God into your finances, he blesses it. And, and here's the interesting thing about money and time. We understand this with money, right? I mean, we understand this financially, that, that, it's, it's, that, that we should have a budget, right? You agree, it's good to have a budget, right? And so we should, have, we should budget our money. And we also would probably all agree uh, that, that with, a, with a budget, when we, when we manage money, that we should never spend, or it's not good to spend, more than we make. In other words, it's not good for us to get into that position to where we begin to spend more money than we make. And so we all understand the dangers of being overextended by, with, with finances or money. Fact is, researchers tell us this, that more divorces, the cause of most divorces in America, issue of money. It's this issue of getting overextended or no margins in financial, in, in our budget and finances and all of those other things. And, but here's the interesting thing. I, ne I don't know if you've ever thought of this. The issue with money, we can always make more money. But we can't make more time. I mean, with money, we can go out and we can get another job or we can get a better job or we can work more hours or, 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 or whatever, but we can always make more money. But we cannot make more time. We've only been given so much time. And what the writer of Proverbs is saying, the way you and I manage our time is even more critical than the way in which we manage our budget and the way in which we manage our finances. And there's so many people that don't understand the power of their schedule. Listen, I'm just telling you, if you don't control your schedule, someone else will. Right? If you don't set your priorities, if you don't set your values, if you don't control your schedule, that's why Proverbs 16, 9 says, we can make our plans. In other words, we need, we need to make our plans and, and our priorities of life, whether it's family and work and God and all those other things. 
but it's the Lord that determines the steps. In other words, it's the Lord that determines the steps. Another translation to that verse says, a man plans his course, but God gives the direction. In other words, this, that, that we need to plan our life. It's not so much just talking about a day. We need to plan our life. Man, I don't know if there's any one of us in this room that would say, you know what, in my 20s when I planned out my life, it happened exactly as I planned it. I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, there's something about when we take our priorities and when we plan our life, the Scripture says that God is the one that directs our steps. In the Hebrew, that word direct, it means to establish. It means to anchor. In other words, this, it removes stress out of our life because we know this. We know that when we plan our life, God is God's establishing our steps. God is anchoring our steps. You want to you reduce the stress in your life? Then you have to learn to plan and you have to learn to invite God into those plans. And you have to trust him to establish and to anchor your steps. Proverbs 15, uh, 14, 22, I'm sorry, begins to show the consequences of plans. And he goes, if you plan to do evil, you will, you will be lost. <coughs> Excuse me. If you plan to do good, you will receive unfailing love and faithfulness. In other words, the writer of Proverbs says the same thing as the CEO. Your calendar, your plans is who you're becoming. That's why he says in Proverbs 16.3, commit your actions to the Lord. Commit your life to the Lord. In other words, line up your priorities with his priorities. And then it's, just, it's a conditional promise, but it's just like a huge promise. If you commit your way to the Lord, your plans, your plans will succeed. In other words, you've got to come to that place in your life where you line up your priorities with his priorities, and it's so important in life. See, we all have to learn the difference between the urgent and the important, right? We all have to learn the difference between activity and accomplishment. Some things are not wrong that are on your schedule. They just not, they may not be necessarily best. They may not be necessarily the best use of your time. See, Jesus in John 15 began to talk about this issue of maturity. And Jesus talked about this issue of pruning or cutting back. And Jesus made this amazing statement. Jesus says the one that he loves, he, he prunes. The ones that he loves, he cuts back. And as you read the story, you realize that he doesn't cut just the dead stuff, but he cuts the good stuff. He cuts the stuff that's still productive. He cuts the stuff that's still alive. He cuts the branches that are still bearing fruit and still, still are somewhat productive. And he does that so that the plant, so the person, will be more productive la later. In other words, this issue of, of pruning your schedule, it's all good for uh, every one of us from a time to time just to evaluate our schedule and then to prune our schedule where it's needed. And, and some things, you know, it's just cutting out the bad stuff. But Jesus says it's much deeper than that. The writer of Proverbs says it's much deeper than that. It's pruning out the stuff that is, that is still alive so that it become more productive later. In other words, you, you, you prune a plant. And you prune a plant to, to train the plant, uh, to maintain plant health, to improve the quality of, of, of the harvest, to improve the quality of the flowers. In John chapter 15, Jesus says that the reason that we prune is so that it can be more fruitful. And the same with our life. I mean, just a summary of the book of Proverbs. And I've told you, the book of Proverbs is like one of my favorite books of the Bible. And when you start just looking at the summary, you can summarize the, the book of Proverbs in three different ways or, or three ways uh, as to where you're supposed to think through your life. You're supposed to think through your plans. And so when you think through your plans, it's just not for that day. It's just not for that week. It's supposed to be a, a long-range plan. 
And then you think through the direction of your life and your choices. Listen, let me tell you something. Your direction right now determines your destination. It's not good intentions. It's not great goals. It's not great emotion. The direction, the path that you're on right now determines your destination. And so that's what Proverbs is talking about. In other words, Proverbs is talking about this issue of margins in life and thinking through your, ca- your, your calendar. In other words, this, if, if, if in life, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. See, I thought that was funny. Probably why I need a vacation. Okay, I'm try one more. And it hasn't gone well in the other two services either. You can get so many irons in the fire that you can put the fire out. See? But seriously, I'm not even going to give you the third one. You guys lose. (laughs) You're probably saying, thank you, God. He's going to quit. He's going to quit. They weren't that funny. Well, let's just talk about you can get so many irons in the fire to where you put the fire out. Listen, I'm telling you, with your schedule, you can put so many irons in the fire. You can put the fire out in your relationships. You can put the fire out in your marriage. You can put the fire out in a career or a, a profession that once gave you great passion and once great, gave you great enjoyment. You can put the fire out in hobbies and recreation because you no longer have any margins in life. And so, you know, as a result of that, you no longer play and you no longer have fun. There's a lot of people that tell me, you know what, I'm under so much stress, I'll play when I get rested, listen, let me tell you something. If you never play, you'll never get rested. Listen, I'm telling you, some of you type A's, you're going to have trouble with this statement, and I've had trouble with this statement uh, for many, many years. But, but here's the issue. God's plan for your life includes rest. God's plan for your life includes rest. I had someone, I made that statement, and they they stopped me and it made them mad. He was a pastor. I, I can't believe you just said that. Uh, Satan, Satan like never rest. Satan's like, he goes like 24-7. And so I just looked at him with a smile. I just looked at him and says, well, I try not to pattern my life after Satan. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and I was kidding. He was a friend. I knew him. I'm not rude like that to everybody, just to people I know. But listen, God's plan, listen, some of you, you know what? Some of you may just needed to hear that. God's plan for your life and God, it is hard for me. God's plan for your life and God's plan for my life includes rest. Fact is, God was so passionate about this. He cl- included this in the top 10, right? It's in the 10 commandments. It's in the 10, it's the fourth commandment. Honor the Sabbath one day a week just to pull away, you know, and trust him. Man, you just pull, see, rest is a sign of trust. Rest is like I can cease from work. I can pull away. I can refresh. I can recharge. And I can trust God with the other six days of my life. It, it, it may Listen, you can walk through the Ten Commandments with anybody, and especially New Testament Christians. I don't, I don't really understand this. They understand there's, there's consequences to the other nine. I mean, they understand there's consequences to lying. Uh, there, there's consequences to murder. Uh, there's consequences to adultery. There's consequence, and you just keep walking down the line with them. And then you get to the fourth commandment. And you say, well, God said that we should rest. God said that we should honor the Sabbath. And they act like there's no consequences. 
But here's a crazy deal about the fourth commandment. That's the only commandment with a promise. It's unbelievable what he promises us. God's plan for you and God's plan for me is, is like rest. How many times have we gone to the doctor? And the doctor looked at us and said, you know what you need? You need to go home, you need to drink plenty of fluids, and you need to rest. I'm like, how about a pill? I got copay. Just give me a pill so I don't have to rest. <laughs> That's why I have insurance. So I just take something and I get well. And so they're like, no. The fact is, you, you'll get well faster if you just drink fluids and you rest. Listen, Jesus understood this. Mark chapter 1, it's like one of the busiest times of Jesus' ministry. He had healed a bunch of people. He kicked some demons out of some people. It was like this intense season of ministry. And then Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The morning after that, I want you to see what Jesus does. Verse 35. He says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. See, Jesus understood. If I give the first part of my day to him, he blesses the rest. And the most intense time of his ministry, he just like pulls away. And so he goes on and he says, verse 36, later Simon Peter and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. I mean, it's urgent. It's like, seriously, everyone? Everyone? How about you and two friends? Everyone is looking for... Moms of young children, they know this. They can go through a day interruption-free or somewhat interruption-free until they decide to have a quiet time or read Scripture. I, there was one mom, mom in our church, she has young kids. She says, oh, she says, that's why I go to the bathroom because it's the only place I can lock the door and the kids won't bother me. So everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, oh, let's let them change my priorities. Let's let them change my schedule. Let's go help them. No, that's not what he said. So Jesus replied, we must go on to the other side or the other town as well. And guess what? And I'll preach to them also because that is why I came. In other words, Jesus understood his priorities. Jesus understood that if you allow someone else to control your schedule, you'll never get anything done. And Jesus set his priorities. And guess what? We need to set our priorities as well. I, I wonder if we just have never, ever realized the problems that living life out of balance has caused us in every area of our life. And so the first thing is we need to plan with God in mind. The second thing is, is we need to trust God. We need to trust God with our rest. We need to trust God that we can actually pull away and the church won't fall apart. Uh, my family won't fall apart. Uh, fall apart. Uh, my job, all of those other things. And, and so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. It's one of my favorite verses. I memorize it in the ESV, but I, we're showing it to you today in the New Living. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, plan with God in mind. And then watch this, verse 6. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Could it be the reason that we have so much trouble in life trying to figure out God's plan for our life, we're just too exhausted? That our schedules are so out of balance that it's not based upon the, the, the things of priority, whether it's reading of Scripture and his values and all those other things. And could it be that the reason that we have trouble hearing from him is because we're just so mentally tired. I mean, this verse talks about just the acknowledgement that God is sovereign and God is in control. And guess what? We can trust him. 
And we don't lean on our understanding. I don't know if you're like me, but when I lean on my understanding, that's what causes me some stress in life. And that, that we don't lean on our understanding. And we seek Him. And we acknowledge Him in all. That's, that's an important word. We acknowledge Him. He will bless us. Proverbs uh, twelve twenty five says, Worry weighs a person down, and an encouraging word cheers a person up. Have you ever noticed that stress and anxiety can weigh a person down more than physical work? Have you ever noticed it's harder to manage uh, emotional energy than it is to manage physical energy? That we can do a lot more physical work than we can emotional or mental work? That, that it's just hard to manage. In, in my study, I did a word study this last week, humility and, 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 uh, and, and humor for some reason. And, uh, and here's the interesting thing about humility and humor. Uh, humility and humor, both those words come from the same root word. Only a humble person can laugh at themselves. A prideful person will never be able to laugh at themselves. A prideful person will never come to that place. Uh, a police officer in another town told me a story one time about, about a ticket that, that, that he wrote and, uh, or that was written. He didn't actually write it. Someone else did, but uh, he heard the story in his town. And there's this, there's this executive that was making a presentation downtown in their community. And so he, he drove downtown, couldn't find a parking place. It was just a quick proposal, hand the proposal to someone, a brief explanation, shake their hand, that was it. And so he decided, I'm, I'm going to park in the no-parking zone, so I'm not late for the apartment, so, appointment. So he pulls in, parks in the no-parking zone, gets out of his car, and as he does, he writes a note to the officer. He says, dear officer, I'm so sorry I'm parking in the parking zone. If, if you read this ticket, please know I'll be back in 15 minutes, I promise. And so he's up there making his, his, his proposal. He's watching his watch. He gets back in 12 minutes flat, uh, and he notices there's a ticket on his windshield with the officer writing at the bottom of his note, take your time. <laughs> I mean, there's something about humor. I, you know, most of you know that a couple of weeks ago I, I caught our trash bin on fire. Still an issue in our house. And so, so I, I, I caught our trash bin on fire. And so if there hadn't have been some fast-acting neighbors in our neighborhood, it could have been like really, really bad. And so the next weekend, it's just a crummy deal now because the next weekend, Karen wanted me to grill some, some stuff in the backyard, so I fired up the smoker, and we had, two, we had a neighbor running over, ringing the doorbell. Karen goes to the door, and she says, should I call 911? What's Charlie burning? And so now, now I have to, like, tell all the neighbors that I'm, I'm smoking meat, everything's under control. And so I finally got to the place where I called the, 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 the company that, that, that has our, is our trash service, and and I need a new trash bin. So I got this lady on the line. And so I'm like, you know, my name's Charlie Jones. I have an account with you guys. I feel so bad. I destroyed my trash bin. I need a new one. And she immediately starts laughing. And she's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, you know, oh, please don't make me tell you. Just please do not make me. She's oh, no. Oh, no, you're telling me. If you want a new trash bin, you are telling me. I have an inquiring mind. I want to know. I'm like, who are you? And do you go to our church? And she. She's like, no, I want to know. She says, because I borrowed my dad, my, my husband's truck, and it's, 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 it had a lift kit in it and big tires and all that other stuff, and I pulled in our driveway. I ran over our trash can. I destroyed our trash can. My husband is not happy. I'm hoping this will make me feel better. And I'm like, so if you want a trash can, you better tell me. And so I says, okay, okay. I caught ours on fire. And she's like dying laughing. She says, you got, you, you're, you're kidding, right? I go, no. She says, I cannot wait to tell my husband because he's going to feel better about me. And so, and so I'm like, you know what? It, does, it doesn't change the situation, right? 
and change it, it still happened i still had to get a new trash can but it does change your perspective there's something that's, that's why proverbs says this in proverbs 17 22 a cheerful heart is good medicine but a broken spirit zaps a person's strength and what a great verse do you realize medical research proves this that when you laugh and when you smile something happens in your body fact is endorphins are released which is a which is the body's natural painkiller uh, your muscles will relax when, when a person laughs. You ever laughed so hard you said you 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 said um, said where you laughed so hard that you grew kind of weak. And so there's a lot of us that just need to learn how to relax and and just laugh. The the third and the last thing is this is I need integrity. When I schedule, when I plan, I need integrity in my life. Proverbs ten nine, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. In other words, I have to come to the place to understand my calendar, my schedule is who I'm becoming. And as a result of that, I need to understand that, that when I schedule, I'm talking about 24-7. See, there are a lot of people, when they look at their schedule, they look at their calendar, well, that's just my business, business appointments. That's just, that's just those contacts. That may be some family events. But, but we need to schedule with integrity. Integrity is a word that means something different than most of us think. It's not just being more honest. It's not just being more truthful. Integrity is this. It comes from the word integral, this, where it comes from the word integrated. In other words, that your life is integrated into one. In other words, that you don't live compartmentalized lives. The people that, that I know that are stressed the most are those that are living compartmentalized lives. In other words, they, they, they have a way that they talk to in, in church and they have a way that they behave uh, in church and church activities and church friends. But then over here, they got this other life and, and it may be their recreational life. It may be their TV life. It, it, it may be their friend's life. It may be their family life. And it's compartmentalized and they're not all one. It's not all the same priorities. It's not all the same values. And we need when we schedule, we need to understand that our life has to be integrated into one. And when we cross over into these different environments, guess what? We're still the same person. We're still the same person with the same values and the same priorities. This word integrity is deeper than just being honest. I mean, Proverbs 10:27 says this, the fear of the Lord lengthens one's life, but the years of the wicked are just cut short. I mean, there, there, there's consequences. And there's some people say, you know what? I just need more time. And you know what God says? God says, you need more time with me. And you need to learn to calendar and you need to learn to schedule with integrity. That when you give the first part of your day, God somehow, I don't understand it, but he expands your day. And that's why he says the fear of the Lord, it lengthens one's days. It lengthens one's life. Proverbs 22, 24 says, true humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. This issue of humility is just this total dependency on God. A humble person can live out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all, the word all, a life that's not compartmentalized, a life that's integral, integrated into one. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. And He, and He will bless your life. He will make your path straight. He will help show you which path that you're to take just trust in the lord in times in which we live that's what we're going to talk about in culture shock trust in the lord lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your 
pastor. We're going to enter into a time of taking of communion of the Lord's Supper. As we just continue in an attitude of worship, and our, our servers are going to get up and begin making their way to the back as they prepare the, the bread and the juice, and they'll begin passing it down in just a few moments. And, and, and I just want to tell you that, that maybe this is your first time with us, and you're wondering this issue of, of Lord's Supper, can, can I take of the bread and can I take of the juice? And, and, the, and the question is, yes, as long as you fulfill the biblical requirements. And the biblical requirements is this, is that you're a believer, that you know Christ, that you have a, a relationship with him. If that is you and this is your first weekend with us and, and you're not a member here, that is okay with us. We, we want you to take with us. The Apostle Paul said in Corinthians that before we take of the bread, before we take of the juice, that we're to examine our lives. And so we want to give you an opportunity just to examine your, our lives as the server, servers begin bringing the bread and the juice down. They begin passing it out. There's two cups on top of the one another. Just pull both cups off. Pass the plate to the person next to you and hold those cups in place as we'll take them together in just a few minutes as a church family. And so maybe you just need to sit before the Lord. And you may need to say, God, what are you saying to me as a result of this message? Because God brought every one of us here for a reason. Maybe you just need to meditate on the verse. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Just acknowledge Him. And He, He, will make your path straight. He will bless you. Before we take of the bread, the Apostle Paul writes these words, For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, 
that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. And do this in remembrance of me. One of the benefits of just pulling away, and one of the benefits of just taking communion together as a church family, maybe that we just stop and we just remember, be still and know that I am God. That we can trust Him with our life. We don't have to live compartmentalized lives. But then we can just trust Him. We can just pull away. We can pull away from the world. We can pull away from activity. We can pull away from busyness. And we can just stop. And just be reminded who He is and what He's done in our life. And so we, we do this in just remembrance of Him. That no one took His life from Him. Scripture says that He gave His life up willingly on our behalf so that we could have a relationship with God, a perfect relationship with God. Before we take of the bread, let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your love, and we just thank you for your grace. And Father, we just thank you that we can just trust in you. We can trust you with our lives. We can trust you with our plans. And that as we acknowledge you in all that we do, that you will make our path straight. And so, Father, we just thank you for the life in which you led. We thank you that we can trust you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take with me, please? Scripture goes on and says in the same way, also after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant in, in my blood. He said, do this as often as, as you drink in remembrance of me. For when you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, this is, this is part of our testimony. In other words, part of our testimony is, is we trust God. And we can trust him with the other six days of, of our lives. And we're not like the rest of the world. It's not all up to us. That we can just rest in him and we can just trust him. And we're a, we're a different people group with different priorities and different values because of him. And so this is just part of our testimony. It's just part of who we are as believers. And scripture teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. In other words, in Christ, you can be totally perfect. You have positionally the righteousness of Christ. In other words, you're in right standing with God because of Christ, because of his sacrifice. You're deeply loved. You're perfect and complete. And you're his child. Father, we thank you for the shedding of your blood. For with it, there'd be no forgiveness of sin. And so, Father, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. 
Father, we thank you that in Christ, we're, we're complete. And we are deeply loved. And we're your child. And so, Father, we just ask that we just live like that. And that we'd live life in such a way that people would just know that we are different. Because our relationship with you. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you take with me, please? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes one more time? Let me just ask you, what is God saying to you? And more importantly, how does God want you to respond? In other words, what is your next step? What is your next step? For some of you, you may, you know what? I, I need to go home and get my calendar out. I need to get my to-do list. I need to start a don't-do list. But I may need to take some pruning shears and understand a calendar and understand that is who I'm becoming. Maybe today, you'd say, you know what? I, I just need prayer. I mean, I'm carrying a burden. I have a prayer request. I just need someone to pray for me. We want to pray for you. We really do. So if you're carrying a burden, if you have a prayer request, we want to pray for you. It may have to do with something that I talked about. It may have nothing to do with what I talked about. And that's okay. That is okay. If you're carrying a burden, if you have a prayer request, we want, to, we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to comfort you. We want to support you. So in just a few minutes after I pray, we're going to stand. And we believe God's already identified. God's already made it known to you if you need to receive prayer this morning. And if that's you, then after I pray, we stand. Just going to invite you as you stand up, step out, begin making your way down to the front. What people down here? Um, you don't have to be a member of Fellowship of the Rockies. This is not about membership. This is about ministry. So if you need prayer, after I pray, we stand. You come. Father, we thank you for today. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And Father, by the power of your name, would you just pull this church very close to you? Would people just take the next step? Whatever you're asking them to do. Would people just respond to you? as we minister one to another, as we bear one another's burdens as if they were our own. And Father, I just pray prayers would be answered. We thank you for the number of prayers that have been answered. And I just pray prayers would be answered and people would walk out differently than when they came in because they just know they came into your presence and they met with you and they were ministered to. Father, we love you. We cannot wait to see what you're going to do this morning. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.